0: Several years back when John Sawat was teaching retreat at IMS. I was his interpreter. And after about the second or third day of the retreat, he turned to me and he said, You know, I notice these people when they meditate, they're awfully grim. You look out across the room and everyone's sitting there very serious, their eyes closed very tight with this almost as if they had nirvana or bust written across their foreheads. And he attributed it to the fact that most people came to meditation here in the West without any preparation in other Buddhist teachings. They hadn't had any experience in being generous in line with the Buddhist teachings on generosity. observing the precepts in line with the Buddhist precepts. So they're coming to the Buddhist teachings without having tested them in daily life, so they didn't have a sense of confidence that would get them through the hard parts of the meditation. And when you look at the way meditation, virtue, and generosity are taught here, it's just the exact opposite of the order in which they're taught over in Asia. Here people sign up for a retreat on meditation, and it's only when they arrive at the retreat they discover that they're going to have to observe some precepts during the retreat. And then at the very end of the retreat, they find out that before they're going to be allowed to go home, they have to be generous. It's all very backwards. Over in Thailand, children's first exposure to Buddhism, after they've learned the gesture of respect, is being generous. You see parents taking the children by the hand as the monks come past, lifting them up and having the child help put a spoonful of rice into the monk's bowl. And Over time it becomes less and less mechanical and they find that they actually do have pleasure in giving. Because, after all, giving is a is a sign of wealth. You have more than enough. And the one hand, it gives you a sense of your worth as a person. You're able to help other people. At the same time, it also creates a spaciousness in the mind. Because the world we live in is created by our actions. And the act of giving creates a spacious world. a world where generosity is an operating principle, and where people have a sense of more than enough, enough to share. And it creates a good feeling in the mind. From there, the children are exposed to virtue, the practice of the precepts. And from a child's point of view, it's Counterintuitive that you're going to be happy by learning not to do certain things that you want to do when you want to take, when you want to lie to cover up your embarrassment. But over time, they begin, you begin to discover that yes, there is a sense of happiness, there is a sense of well being that comes from. Avoiding unskillful actions. And by the time you come to meditation, you've already had experience in learning that there are some counterintuitive forms of happiness in the world. After all, for most children, happiness consists of getting, happiness consists of doing what you want. But you learn through experience, through exposure to the Buddha's teachings, the putting them into practice, that there is a deeper happiness that comes from giving, there is a deeper happiness that comes from restraining yourself from unskillful actions, no matter how much you may want to do them. And so by the time you come into the meditation, there's a certain sense of confidence that so far the Buddha's been right. So give him an extra chance on the meditation. And this is confidence that allows you to overcome a lot of the initial difficulties. And at the same time, the spaciousness that comes from practice and generosity gives you the right mindset for the concentration practice, gives you the right mindset for insight practice. Because when you sit down and Focus on the breath. What kind of mind do you have? Well, it's the mind that you've been creating through your actions. It's a spacious mind. It's not the narrow mind of a person who doesn't have enough. It's the spacious mind of a person who has more than enough, plenty to share. And you realize that the meditation is not a selfish project. In fact, the whole idea that happiness has to consist either of doing things only for your own selfish motives or for other people to the sacrifice of yourself. The dichotomy between those two is something that's very Western and it's antithetical to the buddhist teachings the Buddhist teachings are that true happiness is something that gets spread around by working for your own benefit you're working true benefit you're working for the benefit of others and by helping others you're working for your own benefit as well in the act of giving to others you gain rewards in the act of holding fast to the precepts, holding fast to your principles, protecting other people from your unskillful behavior, you benefit as well. You gain in mindfulness, you gain in a sense of your own worth as a person, your own self-esteem. And the same principle applies to the meditation. You're sitting here trying to understand your greed, anger, and delusion trying to bring them under control. Well, you're not the only person who's going to benefit from that. Other people benefit as well. As you become more mindful, become more alert, more skillful in undercutting the hindrances in your mind, it means that other people are less subject to those hindrances as well. Less greed, anger, and delusion come out in your actions, and they they suffer less. So the act of generosity creates the mindset, creates the state of mind, that's really basic to the meditation, It's basic to all the practice. The quality of generosity, what they call Jaga in Pali, is included in a lot of the sets of Dharma teachings. One is a set of practices that lead to a fortunate rebirth, this doesn't apply to the rebirth that comes after you die from this life, but the states of being, the states of mind that you create for yourself from moment to moment to moment, that you move into with each moment. as I said, you create the world that you live in through your actions and by being generous, not only with material things, but also with your time, generous with your energy, generous with your forgiveness, generous in being fair and just to other people. Creates that kind of world in which you're going to be living. If your habits are such that you're tend to be stingy, it's a very narrow, confining world because there's never enough. There's always a lack of this or a lack of that, a fear that something is going to slip away from you. So, it's a narrow, fearful world that you create when you're not generous, as opposed to the confident and wide open world that you create through acts of generosity. Generosity is also counted as one of the forms of noble wealth. Because what is wealth aside from a sense of having more than enough? You see people who are materially poor who are wealthy, and at the same time you see many people with a lot of material wealth who are extremely poor, the ones who never have enough. They always need more, they always need more security, they always need more stashed away. Those are the people who have to build walls around their houses have to live in gated communities for fear that other people will take away what they've got. That's a very poor kind of life. But as you practice generosity, and you do get this sense. You do realize that you can get by on less, and there's a pleasure that comes in giving to other people. Right there is a sense of wealth. You have more than enough. At the same time, you break down barriers. Monetary transactions create barriers. Somebody gives you something, you have to give them money back. There's a barrier right there. Otherwise, the object wouldn't come to you if you didn't pay. But if something is freely given, it breaks down that barrier, you become part of that person's family. In Thailand, you notice that the, the terms that monks use when they talk to their lay supporters are the same terms that they use with relatives. There is a sense of relatedness. The monastery where I stayed was like a big extended family. And this is true of many of the monasteries in Thailand. There's a sense of relatedness, a, a lack of boundary. We hear so much of the talk on interconnectedness. Many times it's explained in terms of the teaching on dependent core rising, which is really an inappropriate use of the teaching. Dependent core rising talks about the connectedness of ignorance to suffering, the connectedness of craving to suffering. That's a connectedness within the mind, and it's a kind of connectedness that we want to cut, because it keeps suffering going on and on and on and on, over and over again in many, many cycles. But There's another kind of connectedness which is intentional, which comes through our actions. And maybe it's because Westerners have such a problem with the teaching on karma that they want the connectedness without the karma, and so they look elsewhere in the Buddhist teachings to find a a rationale or a (coughs) a basis for it. But the real basis for connectedness comes through karma. When you interact with another person, there's a connection that's made now. It can be a positive or a negative connection, depending on the intention, and with generosity, you. Create a connection, of a positive connection, a helpful connection, a connection where you're glad that the boundary is down, a connection where good things can flow back and forth. If it's unskillful karma, you're creating a connection where you don't really want when there's an opening that you'd rather not have. There's a saying that, in the Dhammapada, a hand without a wound can hold poison and not be harmed. In other words, if you don't have any bad karma, bad karma won't come to you. But if you have a wound in the hand, then if you hold poison, you're going to be poisoned by it. And unskillful karma is just like that, it's a wound. It's an opening for poisonous things to come in. The opposite principle also works if there's a connection of skillful behavior, which starts with generosity, and then with the gift of virtue, as the Buddha said, when you hold to your precepts, no matter what happens, it's a gift of security to all beings, unlimited security to all beings, and then you have a share in it. Unlimits, it'll unlimited security as well. A good connection is formed. And again with the gift of meditation. You protect other people from the, the effects of your greed, anger, and delusion, and you get protected as well. So your mind is more spacious and there are good connections with the people around you. This is what generosity does. then when you come to meditation with that state of mind, it totally changes the way you approach meditation. For so many people, meditation is a question of what am I going to get out of this time that I spend meditating? Particularly here in the West, time is something that we're very poor in. So the question of getting, getting, getting out of the meditation is always there in the background. And we're told to erase this getting idea. We can't erase it if it's been a habitual part of your mind. But if you come into the meditation with an experience in being generous, the question then comes, what do I give to the meditation? You give it your full attention. You put in the effort. You're happy to put in the effort because you've learned from experience that good effort put into something gives good results. And so that internal poverty of coming always with the idea, of what am I getting out of this meditation, gets erased. And you come to the meditation with a sense of wealth, what can I give to this practice? You find, of course, and that you get a lot more with the attitude of giving. The mind is more up for challenges. How about if I give more time? How about if I meditate later into the night than I usually do? Get up earlier in the morning. about if I give more attention to what I'm doing. Give more consistent attention, attention. The meditation then becomes a process of giving, and of course you get the results. You're not so grudging of your efforts, you're not so grudging of the time. In this way you have fewer and fewer limitations on the process of meditation and the results are going to come. So it's important that we approach the meditation with this noble wealth, the wealth of generosity. The text mentioned that when you get discouraged in your meditation, when the meditation gets dry look back on your past generosity, gives you a sense of self-esteem, gives you a sense of encouragement. Of course, what generosity are you going to look back on if there is none? Which is why it's important that you approach the meditation having practiced generosity very consciously. Many times we think about the question of how do I take the meditation back into the world. It's also important that you bring good qualities of the world into the meditation, good qualities of your day-to-day life, and that you develop them regularly. Taking back on past acts of generosity gets dry after a while, if it's only been one act of generosity that happened a long time ago. It has to be fresh generosity that's really going to give you encouragement. This is when the Buddha talked about the forms of merit, and he used the word bunya, And he said, "Don't be afraid of merit. Merit's another word for happiness." And the first of the three main ones was generosity, the act of giving. In this case, it was dana. Building on that is the gift of being virtuous, and then there's the gift of meditating. Of course, what is the meditation? But The act of letting go. If you're used to letting go of material things, it becomes a lot easier to experiment with letting go of certain mental attitudes, things that you've held on to for so long that you think that you need, but after all, when you do let go of them, you notice that you didn't need them at all and actually they were an unnecessary burden They caused suffering that you didn't have to cause yourself, the momentum of giving carries all the way through. And after all, it's not depriving yourself of anything, it's more like a trade. You give away a material object, you gain qualities of mind. You give away your defilements, you gain freedom.